Welcome to the Anita Chat Podcast. I'm your host and coach, Anita Rombo. This is the podcast for growth-oriented, high-vibe, and big-hearted people who are ready to show up and glow up to be the best versions of themselves. If you are ready to embrace your most authentic, aligned, and abundant life, one that feels great on the inside and out, then you, my friend, are in good company. Grab your favorite bevy, settle in. We've got lots to chat about. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Anita Chat. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am so excited to be here with all of you, and I'm even more excited to welcome a guest onto the chat today. My fellow co-author, Nicole Campagna, is joining us on the chat. Now, friends, I am so excited to introduce you to Nicole because, of course, she's a wonderful, delightful human being, uh, but we also co-authored our best-selling book, The Lighthouse Project, together. And the topics that she writes about is a topic that we can really relate to. And not only have I seen Nicole in action as a mother, and she's amazing, I've also know that she is a dynamo at work in the workplace. And she's managed to integrate both of those roles. And not only that, but she's managed to help create a culture that supports the integration of that role in her very own workplace and then goes above and beyond to create that type of environment and support network for other women who may not share the workplace with her. So all in all, I'm just so in love with Nicole and I can't wait for her to share a little bit more about herself, her story. And of course, showcase some of that wonderful work that she's doing. So without further ado, Nicole, welcome to the chat. Why don't you introduce yourself? Thanks so much, Anita. I'm super excited to be here and I've been looking forward to it for some time. So thank you very much, not only for inviting me, but for sharing your space with me today. So uh, as you mentioned, my name is Nicole Campania. I am a sort of HR professional. So I'm a uh, senior leader in the HR world. I'm super passionate about everything workplace related and creating healthy workplace environments for individuals and employees. I am also a mom of three boys. So they range in age from 14, 10, and seven. So very busy household. I am the co-founder of a women's networking group called How Women. Uh, We are focused very much on creating events for women to get together for networking opportunities and professional development opportunities. And now I can add to my list that I am a published co-author. And a best-selling co-author. And a published co-author. How does that feel to be a best-selling author? I know how that feels for me. How do you feel about it? It still feels a bit surreal. Like I haven't gotten over the line of author. Like I still say participated in a co-author. Like I think I'm still working on that. Um, The more it's out there, I feel a bit more confident and the more I get feedback, I feel a bit more confident. So uh, to answer your first question, definitely still surreal and doesn't feel like I I should be there and I should be using that. So, yeah, I can totally relate. It feels surreal to me as well. And I almost forget that it happened. I don't know about you. Do you ever forget that it happened? Like just life just goes on. It's your day to day. You kind of forget that you did this thing and it's kind of a huge deal. But anyways, it's very humbling when we do when we do remember. Um, so true. Like the hype was up, and it was had just been sort of launched, and there was all this feedback coming in. There was posts on social media. It was great, and then over the holidays, and then I saw it on my sort of nightstand. I'm like, whoa, that's me! <laughs> like, I'd almost forgotten that it, it had even happened. Yeah, 
How do you feel? Are you getting um, pictures from people reading your book? Uh, I had one posted on Facebook the other day. And again, it, completely unexpected. It's not like I'm asking people to do this, but they're reflecting on the books and the stories. And you kind of forget again that, oh, yeah, that's right. That's my book. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's a really cool experience. Yeah. And because, again, in this virtual hybrid world, the initial launch and all the feedback was digital. So it was coming in either through posts or through text messages, or I would see um, Instagram stories that I was tagged in. But then through the holidays, I actually saw the people in person. And so I got to relive that excited moment. And I remember walking into sort of one holiday function and a friend of mine had given it to her daughters as a Christian friend next. And her 14-year-old daughter just like ran in and gave me a hug and said, I loved it so much. So it was really nice over the holiday period to get the actual in-person feedback. Amazing. That's amazing. So let's dive a little bit deeper into your chapter. For those of you who have not yet picked up your copy of The Lighthouse Project, I can tell you that uh, it was a chapter that really resonated with me so much because, and I imagine it would resonate with a lot of the listeners on, on our chat here because... It involved motherhood and the workplace and how to integrate the two and balance. And I was just wondering if you might be willing to do a reading from your chapter for, for us. Yeah. That's the paragraph of the one that I love so much that I've been doing um, every so often. So I'll start. I relived its moment over quite a bit, reflecting on its implications on my story and how it changed my entire mindset on who I was supposed to be in both these worlds. Reflecting back, I should have been proud that someone described me and my skills as a mother. It is a role and position that I'm incredibly proud of, and it is a role that I've experienced so much growth in and reward throughout the past 14 years. It is a role that I am immersed in 24-7. So why would I assume that I would think differently between the hours of 9 and 5 p.m. every day? When it came time to step into an area of myself or one of my greatest strengths, doesn't it make most sense that I connected to a collection of skills that I felt most comfortable in? My parenting skills, where I was idolized, respected, and appreciated a role where my team, my three sons, imposed no judgment of my skills. But when I heard those words, my initial feeling was shame. So good. So good. What it's a nice good. little teaser for anyone who's in Where was that moment? <laughs> and it's funny because a lot of um, actually very, very close friends who I speak to on a very regular basis read the chapter and had no idea that that moment had actually happened. So I don't think I realized the impact of it in that moment. But then as you continue through time, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. I received similar feedback. With respect to my chapter, a lot of people really close to me were like, I had no idea you went through all of this or this happened to you. So we certainly share a different vulnerable side of us through our words in that book. And it's a really beautiful um, thing to have. So on that note, the, your chapter is called Uniting the Two Worlds. Is that right? And so yeah. we're obviously talking about work and motherhood. And, you know, you, you felt so strongly about it that you dedicated a whole chapter to it. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you make work and motherhood work for you or share any tips with us about how we may approach that? For sure. Um, Yeah, I I think about this quite a bit more so now just because I have the time to be more thoughtful and conscious. The kids have kind of gotten a little bit older. Um, No doubt the first thing is like help and support. Uh, There's 
absolutely no way that I could do it without any aspect of health and support. And that's not just physical health and support, whether it's, um, you know, my parents, neighbors, um, caregivers, but just, you know, not, not every meal has to be like homemade five days a week. So health and support and getting to a place that you recognize that you cannot do it all. So it took some time to get there for sure, because when you're in your early stages of, of being a mom, you kind of just, just like just assume that society is expecting you to do it all and do it all well and naturally. Um, the other thing too that I again didn't realize as I was moving further down both into working and the motherhood years is you have to love what you do. Like it has to be worth it. Um, and that can be easier said than done based upon family situations, financial situations and so forth. But at the end of the day, if that moment of waking up and going there and enjoying those eight or nine hours, whatever it is that you're out of the house, then when you get back home, it's really going to impact you. So I got to a place where it had to be worth it to do what um, I needed to do to, to, to go to work and to have a career. And I think lastly, um, how I made it work, it's kind of what's in the book a little bit that I didn't have a choice. So that's all the conscious stuff, the subconscious stuff is I had, I, I had to change who I was because this whole closing everything off at five o'clock and being a different person, it wasn't working. I was exhausted. I wasn't, I wasn't liking who I was showing up when I was going to work, but I wasn't liking who I was showing up when I was at home and the pandemic kind of helped with that. But I had to get to a place where I had to be the same Nicole in both worlds because the more and more I was a different person, I just didn't know who I was in both situations. So was I supposed to be the mom that made every meal home cooked? Was I supposed to be the um, HR director, HR manager that dressed in like a three-piece suit every day? Like I didn't know because I was trying to assimilate into somebody else's expectations of me. So once I just like let that all go and just was and just was me and to be it just felt so much better and so that is my last sort of like subconscious tip is just when you can if you can let it go so true and I mean one of the central premises of this chat is to help support and promote authenticity and alignment and abundance so I really think authenticity is the word that really came out when you were sharing your story and I think any woman who identifies as a mother in whatever capacity has gone through this at some point, right? Because we do hold so many different personas and labels as we go through life. Um, oh I do, you know, one thing that you said that also really resonated was the whole pandemic speak. Because yeah. all of a sudden, we are taking meetings from our room, from our yeah. house. You know, our coworkers are looking into our home. Then we may have had little kids running in, you know, yeah. for a snack or, you know. And so, you know, people saw into our lives, like our daily lives, and it was a lot yeah. more difficult to separate the work, uh, the work you from the mom you or the home you. And so yeah. it was kind of a nice way to just, uh, I don't know, help everyone broaden their perspective of, of you and your life and, and how you make all this sure. work. And, you know, a lot of workplaces talk about belonging and inclusivity, of course, not, you know, um, a big piece of psychological safety and and feeling in a healthy workplace. But what's super important with the comment that you just made is it wasn't just then mothers and women, because then what you started to realize is that it was, it was all parents. It was men. It, you, you started to see that this dynamic of having a, a home life was more than just 
mothers assimilating into an environment. Everybody was. <laughs> and Absolutely. so it feel a little bit better to like put your guard down a bit, knowing that there was, you know, CEOs that had dogs running around <laughs> across their laptops and stuff. It just made it feel a bit more comfortable than to be more of who you were because everybody was in the moment and it took, it took, like you said, all the labels off for a bit. Yeah. The shared humanity and the shared authenticity. Yeah. It was it was actually like a really beautiful moment, I think. I feel like we still have some remnants of it, which is nice. And I want to hold on to that as long as we can. You know, some some workplaces have completely rebounded and others are kind of, you know, where everyone's trying to find their way, you know, organizations and people aside in a post-pandemic world. And I think that that is a great segue into what I wanted to chat with you about next. So you are, you're an HR leader, I think you mentioned in your organizations. In your book, you talk about, you know, your struggles or challenges with integrating work life with motherhood. And now you're in a position of power where you can play a role in creating a safe space for mothers or parents in your organization. Um, how, how has that experience shaped you and, and your approach to helping support creating that work-life balance in your organization and promoting wellness that way? Yeah. Uh, so there's this, I can answer that question in sort of two different ways. One is the me, like the Nicole version of doing that. And then one is the true like professional, how I do it as an HR leader. Uh, as, as women that are moving, more experienced moving along their career, and I forget how old I am sometimes I forget like, oh, I've got like all these years of experience in that moment where you, um, you get to a place that you can now transfer or translate your knowledge to somebody else and your experiences. It's actually a cool experience to get to in your career because you know that you're supporting other people who may not have yet gone through what you're going through. So I share as much as I can, to be honest. I share a lot to when I see young mothers or young women or young fathers, um, young parents. And so I don't do it from a place of, well, this is what I do, so you should try it. I just try to share an experience. Like if I get interrupted in a meeting, oh, hang on a second, the school is calling. So I try to share more of me so that they're comfortable sharing more of them um, if those situations come up. I know when I was um, with my first, anytime he was sick, I was so scared to call in again because we had to stay home because uh, the day you can go to daycare. So trying to remove those barriers as much as possible so at least they can share what they're going through and then you can work with the workplace infrastructure to say okay well we have a policy for that or we have a process that can take care of this so because sometimes people don't even want to engage with their managers or hr teams because they don't even share what they're going through but in most places workplaces already have a lot of these infrastructures and systems to support people so i think tapping into that is a big piece that i've tried to really be, be conscious on and the second one is, yeah, just being fully aware of the impact of workplaces on on women and parents, caregivers. So looking at policies um, and making sure that they're aligned. So flexible workplace policies and hybrid workplace policies and maternity and parental subplan policies, um, meeting times, like, you know, try to avoid meeting times at 530 and seven o'clock when, you know, there's so I we've I've just been more vocal when I we're working through those systems in the organization for sure. That's amazing. This year, just recently, actually, I went to my first 7.30 meeting on site and it killed me. It killed me because A, it was early. I'm a morning person, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But what was a big deal was my kids are 10 and 7. And therefore, I kind of had to rely on the fact that I woke them up. I don't know if they physically got out of bed at what time? I don't know what they dressed as. You know, of course, yeah. I set out everything, like pack their bag, pack their lunch, put their breakfast. But 
I was a mess inside. And so I'm sitting in this meeting, calm and composed and doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but really inside straddling a whole different dialogue of like, oh my God, I'm not ready for this milestone. And it, um, in my mind at that moment, I was like, no woman should have to do this where like, she's worried about how she shows up at work and also worried about her family at home. So thank you for, for taking that into account in your workplace. I think that's yeah, we, we we definitely do because whether we want to admit it as not or not as, um, HR teams or management teams that are working on these policies, people change their life. They didn't get before and after care because yes. they didn't need before and after care anymore. Commuting, so maybe some people reduce to one car because there's not as much commuting. So we have to consider the fact that there are external factors at play. Should they influence and impact our HR systems? Maybe not to the degree that it can be customized, but in some aspects, there needs to be a factor somewhere. Yeah, I hear you. So on top of that, you went through your own experiences. You were like vulnerable and authentic and expressed that in your book. And it's really resonated with so many people. And again, if you haven't read uh, our book, especially Nicole's chapter, I just love it. Um, Highly encourage you to do so. And then on top of that, you are living that and like preaching that. I don't want to say preach because that just is not the word that I'm looking for. But you know what I mean? You're embodying (laughs) what you what you wrote about in your day-to-day by creating these policies that are like mindful of other people and their schedule and and how to create that optimal balance if there is ever such a thing. And you're showing yourself authentically with your uh, fellow coworkers so that they can really appreciate that you do have different personas to you and that they might be comfortable sharing and bringing that version of themselves to work. That's really remarkable. And then as if that wasn't amazing and enough, You've taken things to a whole different level by like you've actually created this movement and you alluded to it. Uh, you called it <laughs> How Women, correct? How Am I women, right? Yeah. Okay. So tell me more about How Women. But movement is quite generous. One day it will be, but it's not quite there yet. It was so a movement in my eyes. They were trying so, to figure out what to do in that deal. It started off as, you know, I think many can relate like a mat leave project, like trying to figure out what to do sort of after you go back to work. And I built it to bring entrepreneurs together to be able to get some HR and networking support. So people that were, or women mothers that were kind of managing this entrepreneur journey of their own. I wanted to be one. And because many of these individuals don't have infrastructure of HR teams, they don't have the structure of training or anything else that's going on. So I was like, well, maybe I can bring this value. And it's evolved over time. I met some amazing women out of it. So very dear friends now. Um, it's really also very cool to see other relationships and business connections that have happened outside of it. So uh, we'll see things where, oh, I am now connected with this person. And that's because of your event two years ago. So that's just an amazing feeling to know that that's happening. Um it's it's just, it's continuing to evolve because then when I kind of realized after my own self-discovery that I don't need to be an entrepreneur to still live the values and the life that I want, it's now shifting a little bit more to just support any woman in any journey, professional development, because we're all in different journeys right now. So I guess the takeaway is it's still evolving. Um, we're trying to figure out who we are, um, what we want to be when we grow up, but stay tuned because there's definitely more things coming from how it is. And I have to say, you're being very humble. It is a movement. So full disclosure, (laughs) um, one of our book launch events, Nicole generously hosted a book launch event and myself and a few other fellow co-authors participated in it. And uh, not only A, did you have, do you have impeccable taste? It was just beautifully organized and the venue was perfect, but it was full. 
and it was full of people from your community. And I met some really amazing humans. And um, I don't know, I think you're doing really great things and you should be really happy. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's just a community to be a part of. So, pretty so on that note, if people are interested in connecting with you and being a part of your world or being more involved in how women, uh, how might they be able to go about doing that? Yeah. So um, you can find us on Instagram. There is a Facebook community as well, but uh, find us on Instagram where you can send a message there uh, and stay tuned for further details coming soon. So the handle is at women underscore. Be sure to include that in the episode description as well. Yeah. All that information. Um, The book is in my handle in the bio. So it's also there. Well, let's do a shameless plug for her book. Don't <laughs> no, do it. You <laughs> want to read more of Nicole's chapter. I mean, wasn't yeah, that yeah. reading just a good cliffhanger and other amazing stories of self-discovery and transformation? You can learn and get your hands on our best-selling book, The Lighthouse Project. Uh, you can do it through www.anitarombo.com or Amazon. And again, all that information will be in the podcast episode description. So... Nicole, I don't want to be done this chat. Is I know. It worked so fun. Can we just do this like regular? Hey, I'd be so happy to. so much for inviting me. And like I said, sharing the space with me. It's always, always exciting to talk about um, work, HR, and like the connection for for um, the world and stuff. Because I know that, I know that it's, there's so many people that are sort of juggling and managing that. And there is no secret sauce, but there are some maybe some secret ingredients that can help. Absolutely. And in my coaching work too, I coach a lot of big hearted, uh, impactful women that have big dreams. And they often also have multiple obligations outside outside of that vision, whether it be an entrepreneurship or nine to five. And so, yeah, striking that optimal balance, depending on the season of life that you're in is, is is a big thing. You know, good for you. And thank you for doing that. That alone is a movement and helping other women do that. So I thank you. Oh, you're amazing. Thanks so much, Nicole. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye for now.